Welcome to the Pinch of Magic podcast with me, Rebecca Newin. Today, we are joined by uh, Caroline Britton, and she has just published her latest book called Coming Home to You. And I want to dive straight in. Why the title Coming Home to You? I just shared, it's like one of my favourite Ram Dass quotes. It's like, we're all just walking each other home. I love the idea of like coming home and it's actually very fortuitous that we're recording this on like the Cancer New Moon energy. Yeah. It's actually tomorrow, isn't it? It's like that whole home family energy. Yeah. But why did you choose that as a book title? It's really interesting. When I um, when I left the corporate world and I went on this period of self-discovery, and I'm sure we'll talk about the lead up to that and what happened, I started working with a coach. And with the coach, I was doing a visualisation Mm-hmm. This was years and years ago, and I was really putting it out to the universe that I wanted to connect with my purpose. And as I went in this visualization, I saw myself standing at the bottom of a garden with a huge house behind me. And at the mm-hmm. bottom of the garden, these people were coming. They looked gray, heavy clothes, eyes down. And they were showing me that my job was to take them to connect them back to who they were. They were literally, I was taking off all their heavy, dirty clothes. I was like pulling their energy back through. I was taking them into the house and they were coming out of the house looking completely transformed. And I think this is often what happens with the book writing process. I had a completely different title and it just wasn't (laughs) quite working with me. And I was like, what am I going to call it? And then I just got that visual again that I'd had mm. years before and I thought, oh, this is all about bringing people back home to themselves. So that's where coming home to you. I love that. And what a powerful visualisation. I was just like, like drab, grey coats. Because I often think it is, isn't it? It's like, it's not that we become someone different. It's that we remember who we are and we just lift off those layers of judgments and expectations and that crusty stuff. Yeah. So what was your coming home to you moment? Oh gosh, there's been several. I still think <laughs> I am still coming back home to myself. I just want to think that, yeah. not another layer. You know, we, our work's never done, is it? Um, what was the most, or what was your, let's start with your first one then. What was yeah. the first moment you're like, oh, I'm doing something that isn't feeling like you, that wasn't comfortable in your own skin? So really for me, it was after the birth of my second child when I was in the corporate world. I'd worked for a big consultancy for 14 years. I started noticing that I was really disconnected from myself, my joy, my purpose. Um, I was having anxiety, panic attacks, Mm. um, very frenetic behavior. Everything was like always about doing and being busy. And it's when I eventually got signed off sick after a series of health Uh, issues that had happened I got shingles and I was signed off and actually it's really interesting you asked me this I do I do a lot of interviews and I've never given this answer before this is why I love these conversations so much it was it was this moment I um I went to the doctors and I came out and I had these big projects at work and I called up my mom crying you know what about work I'm not going to get my next promotion if I take the time off and I remember her saying this feels very disproportionate and I went home she said go home and just shut your laptop and I walked over to my laptop I can remember it clear as day I shut it and I went under the covers put the covers over me like a cocoon and that was the moment that was you know I've never thought about it till you asked me that was the moment that something happened and I went back into myself and Mm. 
started surrendering to where life actually wanted to take me. So that was the moment. I can remember it clear as day. I love that. It's really powerful, isn't it? It's like that. You, you created a literal cocoon for yourself yeah. because I often say to people and they're like, oh, what should I do? And I'm like, just like, close your eyes and put your hand on your heart. And I was like, he's like, we close our eyes because we cut out the distractions. And I think, is it Yoga Nidra where they cover you in blankets and you've got eye masks on and it's just like that absolute surrender from all of the, the noise and the distractions and everything. So what happened next? <laughs> it's like, yeah. you've got, oh my God, everything needs to change. I'm coming back home to myself. You might maybe not have used those words at that time, but what was the next step for you? Or was it like an instant, okay, that's it. Life path changed forever. Or was it kind of? It wasn't instantaneous. And Mm. what happened next was the great shedding, I would call it. There was a lot of of crying. There was a lot of soul searching. There was a lot of getting very honest with myself that something was off. Um, and that I was really being governed by fear, you know, fear of being able to pay the bills of my husband, fear of having worked so hard to do and build a career, um, fear of actually following my dreams, fear of who I was without all these things, fear of expectations, judgment. There was a lot of fear. So that was the first thing. It was a real observation. It was a, and this is what I talk about in my book. It's in three parts. The first mm. thing was a lot of reflecting. And I started picking up books, self-development books, listening to podcasts, doing Reiki, resting. And I started very gradually connecting back with me. And the more that I connected back with me and stopped trying to force and coerce where I thought life should take me, Mm. magic, pure magic started happening, like magic, magic. I would bump into exactly the right person at the right time. I got so many ideas and insights and clarity and creativity about my business. The perfect person who could help do my website for a skill swap would appear. Like It's just like the universe kept bringing them. Mm. And then after that, I ran a workshop. I decided that I wanted to do a workshop interviewing entrepreneurs. And the amazing thing was, I'd set the intention about six months before that I wanted to buy our dream house and we just weren't in the position to be able to do it financially at the time. But I'd convinced myself about the promotions at work and I'd had it all figured out and, and the doors were being shut. It just wasn't happening. Promotion after promotion just wasn't happening. But the amazing thing is when I ran that first workshop, I got there and the person who owned the venue went out and a guy next door popped in and he said, hi, my name's Dom. I'm from the restaurant next door. I thought you might need some glasses. I hear you're running an event tonight. The crazy thing is he was the guy that went on to buy our house to facilitate <laughs> the dream move. So it's like the universe just, I couldn't, if you had said to me then, Caroline, you're going to leave your corporate job. You're going to have a business like this. You're going to write your book. And by the way, you're going to sell your existing house to that man and With live in glasses. <laughs> yeah. It, so it was all, that's what I mean. All this magic started unfolding. And then, um, then I began the journey into, into my business and where I am now. Mm. There was one word that when you said it really strongly resonated and and I, th- I think this this is it for most people. It's the word you got honest. And just having the courage to be honest, it doesn't mean you have to have it figured out, yeah. 
but it's like you had all of those fears fears of the the corporate world fears of you know will you have enough money fears of fears of fears of fears of but as soon as we have that honest it cuts like a bolt of lightning straight through all of those fears because we can't unknow that honesty it's like we can trick ourselves all the all day long oh no I'm fine oh everything's lovely as we have a you know as we're very good at doing but as soon as we feel that resonant honesty it like it just shatters everything else and I just love that from that moment of honesty even if your knees were shaking it's still like everything was still delivered to you because you allowed yourself to receive it and I think that's one of the things that you know we don't want to do things because we need to know how it's all going to pan out. But how can you plan on your vision board or, you know, in your in your visualizations? Oh, there's going to be a guy that's going to bring some glasses to my event that's going to buy my house. It's like we have to be open to the magic. And I'll I tell you what, you'll love this story. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> the most amazing thing is one of the things that I want, two things. I wanted to have a business where I made a difference in the world and I mm. have flexibility and freedom to pick my children up from school um, to have the holidays off. And I also wanted to buy this dream house for lots of personal reasons with things Mm -hmm. that were going on for me. And in our old house, we used to walk down the road to nursery with my daughter. And on our road, there was one yellow rose and we called it our rose. It's bright yellow and it smelled like peaches. We used to stop and smell Mm. it in the summer all the time. And it was our thing that we did. And each year it would come out. And I said to my daughter, when we get our own, like, when we get our forever home, our family home, we'll plant, we'll plant one. She said, yes. Now, this is crazy. When we moved into this house, which was a series of extraordinary events that got us here, um, we signed the contract and we came in. We bought the house. I was looking out the window and I said, what's that? And I went out and in our garden is a huge rose bed. And in that rose bed, it is full of those exact yellow flowers. There must be 200 of them. It's full. Wow. Full, yeah. full, full. And it was just this moment where I thought, isn't it incredible? Like, like all the things and, and everything down to... A year before, I had a, a mentor who was in Australia who did journaling on a balcony. I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to have a house with a balcony? But you don't really get that in the UK. A house has a balcony. It has a willow tree that I used to play under when I was younger. I remember thinking, oh, I want a willow tree in the bottom of my god. All of these things. It's like the universe is so amazing, but we have to get out of the way of controlling. We are co-creating. Mm, I was and, sorry, yeah. go on. No, I was just about to ask you, so what is it you think that shifted in your life, in your mindset, in your energy, wherever, that allowed you to suddenly call in all of those and like weave all those threads together from the mentor, from the childhood garden to the rose rose on the way to nursery? What do you, I mean, obviously it's like lots of different things, but what are the key things, do you think? I stopped seeing life is something that was happening to me and I was at the mercy of and started seeing myself as a power a powerful creator mm. and I became very very intentional about everything the words I spoke the thoughts I choose to identify with the visioning how I showed up um how 
much I listen to myself, how much I listen to source, how much I look for magic. And I just changed this relationship, which was actually very much based on external validation and the ego and fear and identifying with limiting stories. And very, very slowly, each and every day, I moved the needle and was like, but I'm creating anything, anything Mm. is possible here. I'm working with the infinite. So let's play with that. And the more that I do that, the more magic I see. And then, of course, we get evidence. So we start locking it in as a belief and it grows and grows and grows. Yeah, I love that you've just used that. That's exactly what I've been writing about recently. It's like our behaviours prove to us, you know, what we believe. And it's like, and so we can actually reverse engineer that as well. So we can set up those daily habits and then like, oh, of course, I'm the person that creates everything I want because that's what you're looking for so is there anything you do on a daily basis at the moment that continues to lock that in yeah so for me because of my numerology it's really important I'm glad you brought that up yeah (laughs) my body because I am my soul number is five so the more I move my physical body the more I can connect in so every single day I move I run I walk I do something and in the morning I also don't start work until 11 mm-hmm. so I have that time in the morning so I connect in I journal um or I go for a walk in nature but I basically ask questions and listen to the answers that's coming in that is something that I do every single day every single day I love that you started on numerology because I've written down a few things I'm like oh she's a numerologist she does like divination tools psychic and I'm like brilliant let's start with numerology then so how do you weave numerology into your life clearly on a daily basis it's like you've already said that you do that movement because you have a number five yes. um I love mine mine's three so I always tell myself mine, it's all about the joy <laughs> it's like more joy please yeah. um, more creativity but how else I mean like when you were looking at your book title did you do the numerology of that or is that like oh a little bit too far for well, you that, what a great question I should really look at the numerology of the book of when it was birthed I'm gonna look I'm gonna <laughs> note here um, no, I didn't do it on purpose. The book actually came out later than I was expecting. Um, it's funny, you said that and somebody else said that at the date of birth of the book. So I'm, I'm going to follow that nudge. So the thing with numerology is you get your five numbers. You've mm. got your soul and your karma number, which are your challenge numbers. And then you've got your sort of strength numbers, which is your gift and destiny. And then you've got your path number, which is what you came here to do. So on a very kind of high level way that I approach it with my clients and myself is I'm aware of what my sort of challenge areas are. So mine are a five and a nine. The five meaning I often sacrifice my needs for the needs of others. Mm -hmm. I'm not very good at balance. Um, I can feel a lot in my nervous system. And my nine is that sometimes I disconnect from my feminine and don't allow myself to um move through with grace I'll kind of use the masculine yeah my gift number is I'm eight so I'm naturally somebody who's abundant I'm a natural healer very good at connecting to source a lot of eights are psychic all the things that I am I'm also a destiny nine so I'm a very good long-term planner I'm very good at strategy and I'm a divine feminine leader my path is a five, which is the, the teacher. Mm. So when I use those numbers, I say, right, okay, what's really important here that I'm leading, that I'm using my voice and my ability to speak, to teach. That's a really important part of the path that I came here to do. And that I'm using my breath and my connection to source to bring more energy, empowering, impact, money, and so on. 
So that's the way that I use it. And then I often use my numbers in pricing. Um, I use oh, you mean to actually make a package a particular, so you'd have yeah. like the the nines or so the fives. I feel like so, for instance, what's really interesting? I tell you what's really fascinating as well. When I got into this house, um, I noticed there's a brick outside the back of the house, and on it are the, my numerology numbers that have been engraved in five, eight, nine. <laughs> Nuts. Um, so I, yeah, so pricing. So at the moment, I'm coming up to 55 months in my business. It's the, um, so for me, it's all about fives. And I'm mm. using it to teach, I'm using it to express, I'm using it to speak. All of these things are coming through. So often I'll get guided that numbers have significance at a certain point. Um, and then we've got the angelic number sequence. So, you know, I see a lot of fives for positive change and transformation. I see the eights for abundance, mm. sevens for spiritual ascension. So I'm constantly looking at how the universe is trying to communicate with me through numbers, which it often does. I love that because I've only ever known my three numerology numbers. And now you're talking about karmic numbers and there was another one in there as well. What's, like, what's your date? With, I won't do all of them, but I look at your challenges, certainly. What's your day and month of... Birth. 22nd of the first 22nd of the first so so the 22nd is um your soul force you've got to be really careful about judgment judgment of yourself judgment of others um watching that the ego doesn't um take over trying to have a bit more neutrality with yourself a bit more compassion how can i view this in a more compassionate way for myself less judgy that'll be my aquarius energy <laughs> very detached there <laughs> and then what your one is um what we often see with ones is a shooting into the head over the heart so it's interesting you you mm. and bear in mind we evolve and grow through this yeah. um what's your year of birth uh, 1978 78 seven eight okay yeah so you're a natural um your six gift and um, natural manifester very good at being able to call in what you want really opening up your third eye your intuition to call in whatever it is that you want so you um you look at where your strengths are and like you go to your go-to so for instance for me with eight it's linked to the pranic field it's linked to the mm. body so the more i breathe the more powerful i become so i do kundalini yoga once a week so yeah. we can start looking at these things that we can work with and it's really exciting and you can use it as superpowers through your business I love that. I really like the idea of like, you're like, oh, I can connect to the, the pranic field. And that's where I can like just recalibrate myself every, you know, every week or whenever you're having a moment just to go, oh, this is what I need. Let's pull in all of those things. So when did you first like become more than just a little bit curious about numerology and go, oh, do you know what? There is something here. Well, it was, I mean, it was part of a greater context of learning. So I went and underwent um, priestess training. Mm. And with that, I learned numerology, I learned lots of divination tools. And then I've kind of gone on to study like angelic realms. I've done Reiki. I've done loads and loads of different things. So numerology was just one of many modalities that I mm. used in order to be able to connect. I, you know, I love it all. I love human design, all these different things. Everything has a different resonance with, with me. But really, I see it as I've got a, a big toolkit. Yeah. And when somebody sits in front of me, it's like I will just 
sometimes I'll open my channel and I'll be a medium and people who've passed will come through. Sometimes it's really psychic and it's like, right, this is, this is coming through. This is happening. Um, sometimes it's, I really use my clairsentience to feel and to shift. Sometimes it's energy work. Sometimes it's business coaching. Sometimes it's mentoring. Sometimes it's life coaching. Sometimes it's numerology. It's like, I feel like for me, it's having this toolkit. And then I can just pull on it where I need to, depending on who's in front of me and where I'm being guided to shift something for them. Yeah, I really love that because I think we're living in a world right now, particularly in a business world. It's like you have to do one thing and you can you know, market yourself as that because you have to, was it like go really narrow and really, really deep. And I'm, I love all the things <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm like, oh, but a bit of a bit of everything. And I think it's. I think we have to get okay with being, you know, for want of a better phrase, like multi-passionate and to bring in all of that wide breadth of experience and knowing that people resonate to different things at different times in their life. And that's okay, that we don't have to just choose one thing and only do that forevermore, because to be honest, that would sound a little bit boring to me. Yeah. So go back to opening your channel and um, psychic abilities. Yeah. What was your first psychic ability and did it feel like perfectly normal to you or did you have a, oh my God, what happened to me moment? <laughs> well, it's interesting. So I come from a pretty psychic family. So oh, okay. my great. Side, my, both my grandmothers were psychic. One of my, sorry, my great grandmothers were psychic. One of my great grandmothers, Grandbell, shares the same birthday as me. She used mm. to read tea leaves, read tarot cards. So you know, I sort of grown up with that. And then I saw it with my aunties, my sister, you know, a lot of psychic gifts. My dad's actually a chemist. So I always joke that it's he's an alchemist. Like, yeah, he's exactly. <laughs> I always say he's the alchemist of chemicals and I'm the alchemist of energies. And mm. um, so I was a, aware of things, I think, from a very young age. I'm talking, literally can remember like playing with fairies in the garden seeing things knowing energy I just had a gift to be able to feel what other people were feeling then it was there throughout my life sometimes it scared me a bit I'd wake up and I'd see things in my room that kind of moved and moved and moved and then I then it went through a stage of just a deep innate knowing always being very empathetic clairsentient feeling and then this claircognizance I just know something was going to happen mm. what had happened then I disconnected a bit from it, late 20s, 30s in the corporate world, having children, but was always, I'm always like, she's, you're a bit witchy and intuitive and, you know, sort of tease me a bit in a, in a loving way. But then when this journey began five years ago, I trained to be a, a business coach and a life coach. But when people were sitting in front of me, it's like, I was using more of just these psychic intuitive skills. And they were like, how do you know that? Like, how can you mm. sense it? How are you doing this? I could just know things. And then I remember about a year in, I had a moment. I thought, I'm just going to need to start owning it. So owning it. So I wrote a post about being psychic and I wrote it and left the room and then ran straight back in to delete it. <laughs> and I went to delete it. There was a comment from two clients saying, we all know that Caroline. Like we all know that there's a lot of magic going on and, it's not it always there. the way we think we're coming out, but actually everyone's like, oh, hashtag of course. Exactly. <laughs> and, then the, and then the business just started flying. So interesting. Mm. And the more oh, I've alignment. Owned it, yeah. yeah. The more I've owned it, the more magic that's happened. And now because I deepen the practice every day, like it's just like a tap. 
and I just mm. open the channel and it's like and it comes in all the time so how do you deepen your practice what does that look like for you listen trust yourself mm. don't try and make it make sense um <laughs> I love that one <laughs> yeah like allow yourself to fully open up to it so for instance I went um a few weeks ago I went into a beauty salon and there was a young girl there like in her 20s didn't know her as soon as I sat down I heard her dad's voice and said you know I'm a dad he showed me a picture of a bird on his left arm he was showing me like the tattoo of the bird he said I've got a message for her and I was saying there's absolutely in my head I was saying there's absolutely no way I'm going to deliver a message to somebody who hasn't asked yes in the middle of a beauty salon anyway long story short she'd had a bit of a rough time and I eventually part I said look has your dad passed she said yes I said did he have a tattoo of a bird she said he did how do you know and I said look he's got a message and I gave her a very clear message and we had this incredible moment she was Mm. very moved and I was we were both crying she said it just made me so happy she was about to do a big life move now that has uh, the ability to be able to do that and give those messages has come because I've listened to each of the messages and the nudges without trying to make it make sense and I will often mm. things from clients for clients or messages that make absolutely no sense to me but I had to park my ego at the door so when I do a podcast like this or a workshop or whatever it might be and it doesn't matter whether I've got a doctor in front of me who's really scientific or a lawyer from the corporate world or a healer who's into these things or somebody who's in the public eye who I don't it doesn't matter to me who it is if I have to give a message I give the message and I've detached from how people might perceive that and see mm. it as an act of service and, and love to deliver what's coming through. And that's how I've deepened it. So you've got to listen, you've got to part your ego, you've got to start trusting. If you're right at the beginning, keep notes. Um, start trying to make space for it. It's like a relationship with anybody. If you're having a relationship with a partner or a friend, you need to spend time and you need to cherish it. You need to listen. It's no different when you're working with spirit. Yeah, you're you're so I say you're so good, and I'm I'm so terrible because that dead people talking. I'm like, jog on. It's something I'm still not prepared to do, and I I always joke I've got it like a queue of them outside my office door, and I'm like I'll get to you when I'm ready, but. It is, it is interesting because when I first started practicing kinesiology, it's like oh, 25 years ago now, um, yeah. I used to have messages come through and I'd be like, this might not make sense. And I'd share it. And every single time people were like, oh my God, how did you know? And I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. Or sometimes I'd give a message and they'd be like, oh no, that doesn't resonate. But the next time I'd saw them or they'd message me and be like, oh my God, I suddenly realized what that message was. And so I feel like I had a really good like gentle introduction into that trusting and going, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to me. It's not supposed to, because it's not my message. And then sharing that. But I, I still won't do the dead people unless I'm in session with someone. And I'll be like, oh, I'm getting an image of this person. And I, I'm thinking it's symbolic. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's my mom. I'm like, oh, yeah. drats, they've and done think, it to me again. I think we have to, <laughs> to honour that, don't we? We have to honour that sometimes we, it doesn't feel right. And I think yeah. you've got to trust your instinct on that. 
And then we can call ourselves out if we feel like it's the ego or fear of being ridiculed that's getting in the way. But you know yourself. This is mm. what it always comes down to for me. We all just trust ourselves and trust our power and trust that we know. And yeah. if it feels right, then we can open it up if it doesn't. But I would say it's important to do the protection work. It's important to do the grounding work. How do you protect yourself? Many ways. So what's your go-to method for anyone listening right now? Yeah, so every time I... So at night, because I I do a lot of work with a lot of people, um, every night before I go to bed, I literally check my energetic field. So I have this control Mm. tower I go into. There's a beautiful gold ring around it. And everybody, I expect everybody, whether I, you know, you're in my family or not, everyone goes behind the golden line. And anybody who is stepping over, I gently nudge back. I clean my energy all the time. I have an Epsom salt bath every day. I ground every day. Every time I do any sort of energetic work or this, I always say at the end, I release any energy that's mm. not mine to be transmuted to the greatest and highest good. I call all my energy back to me. And um, I bubble and protect myself. I imagine like I call on Archangel Michael, I call on Archangel Raphael and Metatron, and I go them to bring light down. So I, for me, I'm constantly doing and working with this, but there's very clear practices with sessions, opening, closing. And mm. before I go to bed, I'm always bringing that energy through. I was interviewed on a podcast oh, many, about probably five or six years ago. And they just, they just asked me a question off, off the cuff and I wasn't expecting it. And they just said, if you could teach anything in school, what would it be? And my instant answer was energetic health. And it's exactly as you're saying, it's like, we are so confused because we have so much of other people's stuff in our energy field that, you know, one of the most important things we can do for ourselves is to understand what's ours and what's not and have those things in place, whether it's the absolute, every single client I work with, I have a little routine that I go with at the end just to say, okay, that's done. Everyone's energy is back to themselves now. Mm-hmm. And I just, I've done podcast, whole podcast episodes on just cleansing your energy, protecting your energy, because I think it is so important just the same way we'd have a shower every day, you know, and wash your clothes all the time. It's like, we need to be doing that for our energy. Otherwise our energy is just as crusty as a t-shirt that you've worn for 14 days straight or something. It's true. So yeah, yeah it's like very passionate about energetic health. <laughs> it's like we, we all need it and we all need to be aware of it and absolutely to, to do those things. Cause a lot of those things are very simple. Are. Like you said, you know, like having an Epsom salt bath or, you know, calling on energies to come through and clean. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I completely agree. Do you do the same for your house? Yes. Yeah. What are so your favourite tools for your house? So I use saging a lot. Mm. Um, opening windows, literally I sage a lot. Um, I have a lot of crystals. I've got like black obsidian and smoky quartz. So it pulls a lot of the energy out. Mm. Plants, fresh air, pulling light through. I protect the house every single night. I ask Archangel Michael to be around it. So yeah, I do a lot. Bubble it, the pink light. If we go away or go out, um, when I go to sleep, yeah, those are different things. I, I um, might have gone away to Italy for a couple of weeks and left my keys in the car door um, um, at the back of my house. Yeah. And I came back and I was like, oh, my God, where are my car keys? Because the fob had stopped working. So I just I was like undoing like the, the old fashioned way when cars actually had, you know, twisty keys yeah. in them. And I was like, oh, no, my car keys are in. You could see it from the street. And, you know, of course, before I go away, I'd always protected my home. And I got there and my car still sat there with the keys in after two weeks. And I was like, oh, 
thank you protection energy (laughs) and the thing is it's it's the intention you know Mm. you can just play with energy we can send energy through into a day into an event into a situation and we forget that we can do that we can send it forwards in time back in time Mm. lots of really cool things with our energy what's your favorite thing to do with energy at the moment if you're saying there's lots of cool things bring more and more power through for me and my clients so using that energy to almost on a cellular level activate people unlock them and bring it through their body um, and mine so I play a lot with that and I do a lot of grid work so I do a lot of work beneath the earth pulling energy in sending it to places where I feel like it's needed um, and playing with with light so the way that I see it it's like I have this gift and the more people that I awaken to their purpose their light then there's an opportunity here to have more and more of those light grids sort of meet so it starts changing the frequency of the planet so I just see when I can switch on the light back in people and it's almost it is for me like an insatiable thing it's like okay I've done that person I've done that person it's like more 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 like turn them on and then we can just get more and more light coming together underneath the earth to change the frequency the resonance and everything we're bringing through so that's really my focus at the moment yeah talk to me about gridding the earth because yeah. I think the way that I think about gridding the earth is diff- a little bit different from how you are talking about it so I'd love for you to explain how what you mean or how you what that process is, so for, this is so for me this I mean this is purely how I've been mm. seen, I see it not how I've been taught it so this is my yeah. interpretation of it so you know how you have the light web above us? Yes. I see it as almost like a light web beneath the ground. So it's like mm. an interconnected web of energy. So, and actually what was really interesting as I was watching a David Attenborough documentary and he was saying about how seeds land near each other and they energetically communicate to make sure that they're receiving the nourishment so we've got yeah. all this cool energy we've got the mycelium under the earth as well haven't we it's like the how all of that communicates it's, it's yeah. absolutely incredible i mean I, I love it so that's the way i see it so i see it almost like this like the earth, like Gaia is alive giving us messages bringing light through and it's like this big web that's how I see it. Mm. And parts of the web are connected in light and some of them are not. Some of them are not even joined at the moment. And I see it as us in physical form have the ability to be able to bring light through and activate it. So when we break ourselves down, we're energy, when we break everything else does. So I believe that there's a lot of us that have the ability to be able to awaken those codes that light and to bring it through and to start almost like um linking the chains yeah communicate with each other I'd I'd love to hear how you see it no I was saying that's a really lovely way of I guess how I've been working with it but not without using that language because I got called, I mean, I am obsessed by trees and I have like some people like, oh, I'm off to the museum 
you know, this museum or they're off to the theatre, they get travelling a few hours to go to the theatre. I travel a few hours because a tree has called me to go and visit. Yeah. And I've never really understood why. And I just, one day I was like, why am I, why, what am I doing with these trees? And I just heard like, oh, you're collecting the codes. It felt like pieces of a jigsaw. Yeah. And so that they're, they're the yew trees. So they're like thousands, often hundreds of years, sometimes thousands of years. Cause you know, I live on the border of Wales. There's a lot of really old trees, um, yew trees around here. And then I've been gathering sticks and doing like what I call earth acupuncture and it's like popping them in. And then I have this like real, I don't know if it's like a need or calling to walk the land. And then I realized I was like, oh my God, that's what people did in pilgrimages. They would clear the ley lines. And I had this kind of really clear message the other day that, that the earth is almost become, um, like congested like the ley lines are congested and like the more we can walk or activate or you know whatever people's modality is it's like that's how we get clearing the earth again but the message I had was it was spirit stuck here it's time to move those on which is why I'm always like I'm not talking to dead people because I know that's what we're going to end up doing and I'm just like resist 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 I'll talk about all sorts of other things but I'm still like oh dead people (laughs) and it just when they're just just in a different frequency yeah that frequency and physical form of people who've passed are in a different frequency they're in in a lighter form aren't they so a bit like you can't see sound it's like you can't necessarily see dead people but you can access the frequencies yeah And another thing that's interesting you said that, that I view it as is I believe that we leave codes like as children and parts of our lives uh, in past lives. I think we leave codes in places and I think we're called back to a place to activate those codes again within us. So, you know, when you must have done that, like you've been on holiday somewhere and like you just feel like you're having an activation. I feel whether it's this life or a past life that we know in that moment of time we're to go there because there's a code that we're almost bringing up from the earth that is being activated back into our DNA and our cells and our physical body. I got goosebumps as you're saying that. I was like, oh, that's that really, really resonates. Like like little presents we've left ourselves from previous lives and we're coming back and we're like reactivating that power. And it's almost giving us the knowledge that would take us a lifetime to learn that we don't have time to, but we can just go and access all of this. Thing. Well, mine's all left in old trees. So there you go. Yeah. I'm like, oh, here's another tree I have to go and visit. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got, well, all, all my spidey tingles are off as you said that. I'm like, oh, that's pretty exciting. The next tree that calls, I'll be like, oh, wonder <laughs> what I was doing on this lifetime then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what? What other in um, things do you weave in your life? Or that well, actually, no. What else do you share in your book? Because you said it's in three parts, and the yeah. first part was just about that acknowledging, reflection. yeah, reflecting, yeah, yeah. So there's three parts. So I really take the uh, this book is all about return, coming home to you. It's mm. called, and it's about returning to the truest essence of who you are. And the way that I've done it is I see it in three parts. So the first part is reflecting. So what is it that has caused that disconnect? Why? Have you been conditioned? What stories do you have? How does society operate? And we look at that. And there's some real questions and soul searching. The second um, section is all about transformation. So what do I do? Now I've realized that I'm disconnected. So we look at anger, resentment, guilt, speaking your truth, shining your light, asking for what you want, boundaries, all of these things. The third section is about momentum. So it's like, okay, now I've connected back in. What do I do with it? How do I create a life beyond my wildest dreams? 
So that's the way that I've structured it. And it's in 35 sections. So each section is quite short. And then it's got an exercise and the most incredible illustration for each section. So visually, it brings it alive. Mm. Um, and for me, it's about taking taking people on this journey like a good friend would. That's like, right, I'm going to hold your hand and you're going to be okay. And we're going to feel what we need to feel and look at what we need to look at. And it gives you the modalities. And then it doesn't just leave you there. It says, right, I'm going to walk you forwards now. So that's what it feels like for me. I love that because I think that's so important, isn't it? It's like sometimes we can muster all of the energy to make that decision, but then we've run out. (laughs) And then we're like, oh, it's actually easier to go back. And we just need that like loving support or even just knowing you're not alone. And knowing that someone else has walked that path can give you that little nudge to go, okay, I can keep going. So in your experience with all of your clients, what would you say was like one of, I wouldn't say the most, because you might not know off the top of your head, but like one of the the things that really keep people stuck? You know, like you mentioned the, the, the first part and it's like, you know, what, is it societal conditioning? Is it like being like air quotes, good girl energy? I mean, what is the thing that you've come to identify as a key factor that just shows up time and time again for people not feeling enough and being completely disconnected from their power and what would you say disconnects people to their from their power i think the moment we come into this world we're conditioned to think and not feel to seek the validation of others to be more this less this I think uh we're ingrained with separation I think fear is pumped into us through narratives I think that we're carrying ancestral lineage which is in our bones I think that there is so much that's disconnected people from the truth of who they actually are which is light and love and people go through life and just accept that that's the way it is and actually it's not and it's like that's you know a big mission that I've chosen to do on this planet is let's bring people back to the truth of who they are and let's make love and light the focus here and let's see beyond the stories and the narrative of separation and see how deeply connected we all are and actually if every single person came back into the power they wouldn't seek when I talk about power I'm talking about control Mm. if everybody came back into their power the world would be a different place but we have people all over the world playing out their wounds and their traumas and avoiding what needs to be felt and uh, seeking power and fear and destruction because they have bought into a conditioning that is quite frankly not true yeah, I love that you're focusing on power because it's something I feel really like uh, quite passionate, well, very passionate about. Mm. And the, the fact that, like you say, we have such a warped relationship with power. We see it as dominance. We see it as control. We're seeing it as over. So often when I say, oh, in your power, people are like, oh, no, I don't want to hurt someone yeah. because they associate power with hurting people. And that control. And I think yeah. what you're talking about, we say, oh, mm. it's powerful. And we immediately get this, often this vision of a, a man and he's cruel and big yeah. and domineering and cruel and and that's not power that's control yeah power is sovereignty it is light it is love it is energy it's a 
it's an energetic frequency that you can hold where you stop looking outside of you yeah stop buying into the stories and narrative of others and society and instead come back to your truth I love that and I think we definitely need more people in their power because the way I see it is like there's no or less competition you know it's just like there's no need to prove or like you know playing out your wounds you can celebrate someone else's success and still feel good about it you can celebrate something that's working for someone else without making yourself feel bad and for me it's like the more we can hold that power I was talking like power and magic but um it's like the more we can hold that I just think the healthier it is for everyone once we recognize that it's not about dominance but not much kind of like rattles me <laughs> but yeah. when like when people say to me uh, talking about power I'm like oh but I'm afraid if I own my power I'm gonna hurt someone and I'm just like oh it's it's just so twisted yeah. that they think to be powerful means to to hurt and yeah. I'm like of course it's not so I love that you're doing that and then what is one of the things that you would recommend for people to really keep that momentum going? Obviously, apart from purchase your book, but <laughs> one of the things that you mentioned in your book. Ask yourself, what do I need to feel? What am I actually being asked to look at? And what feels off and what feels very much on? And am I making my decisions in my life, my business, my relationships based on fear or from love and truth? And that's a really, really great place to start is to ask Mm. yourself those questions. And then after that, what do you actually truly want? And if you believed anything was possible and you weren't worried about failing, what would you unapologetically go after? And then it's your job to do the co-creation with the universe, let the universe guide you, bring its magic. But you've got to do the work of shifting the blocks and the resistance and looking at what needs to be looked at and letting things go and trying to shed anything that's weighing you down. So what do you do routinely to make sure you're shifting your blocks? So, yeah, and I want to be really clear on this. This is the thing. It's not that I have an absence of fear. Mm. because Fear is always there. It's like Elizabeth Gilbert says, are we going to have it in the driving seat or not? So fear is there. The voice of the ego is there. The judgment, the criticism you know, that it's constantly there. But my my gift to myself is that I have an ability to see it for what it is yeah. and not to let it rule my life or for me to think that's truly who I am. So one of the tools I have is when fear comes is I actually listen and let it have its say. And then I say I see you with love and compassion I understand where you're coming from you're trying to keep me safe but no we're not (laughs) making a decision from that place we're going to make a decision from here and I understand that's going to be uncomfortable but I'm the boss here you know it's that kind of conversation I'm also very mindful of stopping myself when I'm spiraling with negativity or focusing on what I don't want or fear and really calling myself back and I kind of go into like massive recoding so it's affirmations it's listening to my voice notes it's journaling it's visioning I'll throw anything I can at Mm. it to kind of course correct when I see it comes in and you know I frequently do that because I'm only human and I'm saying because you know we are human (laughs) they're the things that I am really mindful of yeah I just want to ask you I know we're just gonna finish up in a few minutes but divination tools 
Mm-hmm. It says that you, in your, I was reading through your bio and it, it was all about divination tools. What is your current favorite divination tool of choice? And how do you use your divination tools? I mean, there are so many tools that I use to connect to the divine. So many. Let me just feel into what I use most at the moment. For me at the moment, a lot of it is using my physical body to hold as much energy and light as I can. So I'm using, I've just run a big retreat in Crete as part of um, a high level coach and healer experience I do. And there I was using my physical body to literally bring so much light and energy and power through my body, holding it in my body and then using it. So actually my physical body at the moment is the biggest tool that I'm using. And because my books aren't, I'm doing a lot of PR, I'm doing a lot of work. Mm. So I'm holding a lot of energy in my body. So that's my go-to at the moment. I love that because for me, everything is divination. I know it's like people are like, oh, the cards or, you know, the runes or the OM or whatever it is that they use. But for me, I'm just like, oh, I have a question. I'll just look at that hedge and look for yeah. the answer. You know, <laughs> and I was just like, you are just... The, you're the main tool, huh? This is yeah. The... yeah. And I just, I don't know, I'm obsessed by divination because it's just like, I just think we have all the questions. We have all the answers. And sometimes that answer might be, oh, go reach out to that person or read that book. It's not as though like I literally have to have the exact answer, but I know how to find it. And I don't know, I'm just obsessed by it because, you know, some people use it for fortune telling, but for me, it's just like almost like a a coaching tool. And it's like, oh, I'll find my own answers and I'll look at things from a different perspective. So when it said in your, your bio, it's like, oh, you know, skilled in lots of divination. I'm like, oh, what are you using right now? Because <laughs> I'm still still very much obsessed by using charms mm. be- and mainly because they don't come with a guidebook. Yeah. It's like you have to find your own answers and they tell a story. Mm. And I think, you know, we're humans. Many people argue we're humans because we can tell stories. You know, it's we teach through stories, we connect through stories, we teach, we offer warnings, we inspire, everything is story. And so I love that you're, you know, you're pulling all that energy in, not with a particular outcome, but to channel it in the way that you need it. And I, I think that's really what divination is all about. It's like using it to, I don't know, find what we need in that moment, however it shows up. Brilliant. So tell us, tell us about your book, where you can find it, where we can find you online. Obviously everything will be in the show notes, but just for people that are listening right now, where, where can they find you? Okay, so if they want to check me out on Instagram, I'm Caroline Britton Coaching, or my website is www.caroline-britton.com. There's a great section called Free Resources, loads and loads of programs, meditations and things on there. And my book is coming home to you. And you can get that in all the usual places, but most people start with Amazon. So if you go on Amazon, you pop it in there then you can buy it and have it delivered to you pretty speedily so for those of your listeners who are not in the UK places like Barnes and Noble as well so it's all over the place in all the usual places 
we have a worldwide coverage. We this podcast just charted in Hong Kong and Sweden quite Amazing. quite randomly. Um, <laughs> so yes, wherever you are in the world, it is available. So do you have any final message or insight that you feel like sharing? I know that you've done this very intuitively right now, but anything you feel that people might need to hear right now, it's at this moment in time. Good question. Let me just have a little feel into that. Yeah. What would it look like for you if you believed you could fully trust yourself? That's what the question that I want to leave people with. How Mm. might things change? What different choices and decisions and actions might you take if you felt you could fully trust yourself? And that's where I'll leave it today. I love that. Thank you very much. And thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me.